Good evening, I'm Zach Collins with your KSOM Sports Update. Iowa Interim Athletic Director Beth Getz announced that offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz will be out after Iowa finishes their bowl game in the 2023-24 season and will not return. The offensive coordinator is the son of current head coach Brian Ferentz, who has been with Iowa for over 24 seasons as head coach. Iowa's offense has continued to fall in production numbers after Brian has remained as the offensive coordinator. The Hawkeyes are averaging 232.2 yards per game, which ranks dead last in football bowl subdivision, and Iowa's averaged just 268 yards per game since 2021, which is the worst in FBS and 123rd. Getz is in charge of Brian Ferentz due to Iowa's nepotism laws, which allows her to make the decision. Getz said in a statement, quote, It is not my practice to be involved in assistant coaching decisions and certainly not to make public such a change during the season. Our priority is to put all of our student-athletes in our best position to have both short-term and long-term success both on and off the field. The former Iowa Athletic Director Gary Barda originally restructured the deal with Brian, allowing him to remain as offensive coordinator with a cut salary, which required Iowa to score 25 points per game to ensure that he could return in 2024. His removal was not an easy decision, as Getz spoke to both Kirk and Brian Ferentz, along with Iowa President Barbara J. Wilson. They spoke on how since he began his role as offensive coordinator in 2017, the numbers have averaged 320.2 yards and 25.3 yards per game for the Hawkeyes which ranks 131st in the FBS. Iowa's record does not show their poor offensive numbers have affected the Hawkeyes, as they stand 6-2 overall and are 3-2 in Big Ten action. Brian Farron said to ESPN in a statement, quote, As long as I am employed by the University of Iowa, my stated goal will not change. My priority will continue to be the well-being of our students and the success of our team. The Hawkeyes will march on as a program, as Iowa takes on Northwestern on the road with a kickoff at 2.30 p.m. To see the statement by Interim Athletic Director Beth Gates, go right to our website at westerniowatoday.com. The ACGC Chargers saw a multitude of success on Friday, not only with their football team, but with their state runners in cross country. The girls' team was more than impressive over the weekend, finishing in fifth with 185 total points. Helping to achieve that feat for ACGC was 11th place finisher Ava Campbell, who ran a 19-minute, 33.8-second time, improving from 12th place last year. She not only ran her personal best time, but achieved a long-time goal of now being a two-time All-State runner in Iowa. Head coach Colin Chago said that achieving the goal is spectacular for Campbell. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't talk about this girls' team without talking about Ava Campbell. Um, and her getting 11th uh, and improving one spot from her um, from her placement last year was really cool. Um, her being All-State two years in a row was really cool. And um, she officially moved into second in the all-time ACTC list. Um, but then going on from that, uh, six of our seven girls got personal best at the state meet. Um, not only season's best, but personal best. And so that was really cool to see as a coach and um, to have all of that hard work that they put in in the offseason and and during the season pay off like that was just spectacular. With the cold weather conditions on Friday, many would think that the times would not be good overall. 
but six of these seven runners ran their personal best times. On the way to Fort Dodge, the girls were talking with one another as they were dialed in and ready for the meet to be successful. Coach Chago credits the weather for their mental focus and their finish overall. Yeah, um, as far as the preparation is concerned, I really think that uh, just on the bus ride up, the girls were dialed in. Um, a lot of them were looking at the 4A times and saying to themselves or saying to each other, hey, we know this is our goal time. Um, this is how they did it. This was their mile split, two-mile split, so on and so forth. And so they were really dialed in as soon as we got on the bus and um, figuring out the strategy and what they wanted to do and how they wanted to accomplish their goals. Um, and so as a coach, just sitting back and watching them take care of that preparation on their own was just, I mean, that was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had as a coach. I've never seen a team so focused on the bus ride up um, to, to be that successful. Um, and then from there, uh, as far as it affected the race, I think it was actually a benefit for us. Um, our girls team is extremely tough. They ran together. Um, they pushed each other. And, and at the end of the day, I think that those adverse conditions conditions um, actually helped us out in our overall placing because we were just so mentally tough and mentally focused. There are very few other teams that I think were able to do what we were able to um, in those conditions. And on top of that, a lot of the girls love running in colder weather. And so although it was a little colder than they anticipated, um, I mean, they enjoy that kind of weather. And so uh, it just helped them feel more comfortable, I suppose. Not only were the girls successful, but so were the boys. The Chargers finish in second overall behind Lake Mills as ACGC finish with 137 points. The Chargers not only were successful this season, but they have been a top five team the past four seasons. Andrew Mahaffey earned the school record over the weekend, finishing in fourth place at 16 minutes, 10.1 seconds, which made for his best finish in the state meet. Mahaffey has been working all summer long to get himself to this point. Yep, uh, our boys were ranked first for most of the year and then got moved to second behind a really, really good Lake Mills team. And um, you could just see at the meet that Lake Mills that day was a little bit better than us. But, um, I mean, the boys have a lot that they can hang their hat on. Getting second overall as a team um, for the second year in a row uh, is really cool. Um, I mean, our senior class, their places at state went fourth, first, second, second. And there's very few people um, in the history of the state of Iowa that can say that they were a top four team for four years in a row, um, and especially in 1A, where it's extremely hard to kind of reload year after year, and those boys were able to do that. But then individually, yeah, I think Andrew Mahaffey had an excellent race. Um, we knew what he was capable of. He's been putting in some pretty high mileage um, in the off seasons, the past two off seasons. so it was really fun to see that all culminate in a, in a great performance. And um, he was able to get the school record and tie uh, our record place um, as a program with his fourth place individual uh, finish. And so just seeing how much dedication he has put into distance running and see it pay off that way was, uh, it was pretty amazing. Looking ahead to next season, the Chargers are bringing back a lot of talent. This is a team that has seen success on both the boys and girls sides. Coach Chaga knows that they are keeping some of their best runners while also bringing up some young talent who are ready to race. Um, well, I was actually breaking that down this morning. Uh, I think both teams have a real legitimate shot at getting trophies next year. Um, we graduate three really good seniors from the boys' side, but um, we bring back um, our two juniors that have been a part of trophy-winning teams all three years that they've been a part of the program. And then we've got some really good youth that is coming in. So I think the boys have a shot at continuing that tradition of success and trying to get another trophy for a fourth year in a row. 
Um, and then on the girls' side, we graduate two of our top seven. And although we're going to be missing their leadership, uh, I know of some girls that are going to be coming into the program next year that will be able to pick up right where they left off. And um, we do keep our top three and uh, four of our top six. And so I think the girls' team, uh, if there's going to be any year where they can win a trophy, I think it will be next year. Uh, I know both squads, the returning squads, are really excited for uh, what we can do in the off season to prepare for next year and are really excited for next year already. And I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. Coach Shago was proud of his teams this season as they were a fun group of kids to coach and was happy to be part of such a successful year. He credits the leadership and the willingness to get better from these athletes and is already looking forward to next year. Absolutely. Um, this has been a spectacular experience for me as a coach. I, I enjoyed both of these teams so much and um, not only did they come together as a boys team and a girls team, they kind of came together as one family, uh, both genders combined. And so all 33 athletes were extremely fun to coach this year. They each, show, I mean, everybody showed up ready to get better every day. And yeah, like I said, you can't ask for much more than that. And I'm extremely blessed and lucky to be able to coach such amazing kids. ACGC finishes the season with two very successful teams as the boys finish second, the steep me and the girls finish in fifth. The Chargers are looking ahead to the winter sports seasons and supporting the Chargers football team in their quest to the Unidome. Nebraska center Birgit Riley has earned yet another honor for her success this season. The center was named the Big Ten Freshman of the Week as the conference announced on Monday. The South Dakota native helped lead Nebraska in wins over both Maryland and Rutgers over the weekend. Not only did she average 11.3 assists per set, but she also averaged two dinks per set over the weekend. Riley earned her seventh double-double this season with 34 assists and 10 digs against Maryland. Against Rutgers, she finished with 34 assists, two digs, two kills, and one block and topped things off with an ace. Not only did she have 34 assists, she helped to lead Nebraska to a 349 hitting percentage against Maryland and an even better 384 against Rutgers. Bergen and the undefeated Huskers return to action this Friday with a game against Penn State in Pennsylvania with the opening serve at 7.30 p.m. For news, sports, and more, check out our website at westerniowatoday.com. I'm Zach Collins with this Sports Update.